Calgary Field Lacrosse is pleased to announce that registration for the outdoor summer season is ongoing. Registration is open to boys and girls aged 4 to 18. The programming adheres to the latest local health guidelines and will be conducted in a physically distanced manner. Calgary Field Lacrosse is proud to continue its partnership with Elevate Lacrosse, who provide incredible on-field instruction with coaching from the PLL, NLL, NCAA, and committed NCAA athletes. Visit calgaryfield.com for more program details and information. Interested in volunteering at future Sport Calgary events? Visit sportcalgary.ca to get involved. All right, welcome back to the Face First podcast. My name is Grace Dafo. And my name is Alicia Riz Rizling. And today we have a special guest from another representative of my hometown, Edmonton, uh, Dia Syed. Thank you, Dia, so much for joining us. And I'm happy to have you on and talk about something that's near and dear to both Grace and my heart, and that is girls in sport. So you are Girls in Sport Alberta. Can you tell us a little bit about your company? Uh, yeah, for sure. So my uh, my company is uh, basically, it was founded off research. So what happened was it was kind of a, I kind of fell into it. My um, I did research through school. It was just supposed to be a small research project. And I just wanted to see, I'm a volleyball coach. Um, that's my background. And I wanted to see how the, at least Edmonton area compared to the normal stats you see from the National Canadian, uh, Canadian Women's Sport. And so I began this uh, began this research project, and it just kind of exploded. And just in the Edmonton area alone, I got over 440 responses from um, from various people in the area, and that was just Edmonton. So I just I what I realized is that something clearly needs to be done, and and uh, I just need to figure out what. So taking the data, and I'm still analyzing it. Um, I began this company called Girls in Sports Alberta. Um, and we really just focus on my main goal is to really provide strat- research-based strategies, uh, focusing on raising uh, co- girls' confidence. So we do a lot of program integrations. So we currently have a mentorship program that we're working with, and Grace is actually part of that as well, too, where we're looking at um, integrating uh, uh, basically virtual uh, virtual sessions with mentors across Canada and the U.S. And these are NCAA, uh, Team Canada, and university athletes, and connecting them with girls. So that's one part of our uh, part of our program and our integration program. And we we can work with clubs uh, or individuals or uh, individual coaches or individuals themselves. And we also have I also do consulting as well too. So using the research that I have and additional research that I that I do, um, I consult from teams uh, to. Uh, sports organizations and it just depends on what they're looking for so I currently consult on a team level so I'm really working with the team itself with the girls ages uh, 9 10 about just giving tools to grow their confidence um, as well as uh, working with sports organizations uh, I look at policies and procedures and really be a part of helping them develop programs uh, to grow their girls participation and then the final uh Part of what, what we do is actually create educational programming that uh, will uh, currently currently I'm looking at uh, uh, developing an educational program called Confidence Kids. Uh, basically, what it is is again, it's an integrative program that you put in any sports pro- any sports organization, any program that you currently have that just gives tools to girls to help grow their confidence, whether it be journaling. Um, goal setting and, and other other fun integrative ways through physical activity to uh, to increase their confidence. All in hopes, and all of this is in hopes to uh, decrease 
um, girls sports, or sorry, decrease the dropout rate of girls in sports across Alberta. And, you know, obviously if it expands eventually Canada, so that's kind of what we're about. Yeah, that's great. Um, I know that I came across by, by happenstance, a, a LinkedIn post from something called, I think someone that I know had liked your post about that you were looking for mentors. And I was like, girls in sports in Alberta looking for mentors. I was like, that sounds like exactly what I want to do. So we, we connected and, and chatted of what you're doing. And it's just, I had no idea that this was going on in, in our backyard in Alberta, but it's so needed because Alicia and I both know, um, that there comes a point where you are, you know, maybe forced to choose between sport or more of a social life or, you know, taking, taking that route versus staying in sport. And sometimes it's not cool necessarily or seen as cool to stay in sport and, where all three of us are obviously pushing to show that it's really cool to be active and healthy and, and all that jazz. So um, I want to bring it back a little bit, though, before you founded, you know, Girls in Sports Alberta, about your sport experience and and kind of where, how that's led to where you are today. You know, it's so interesting, Grace. I'm so used to asking that question myself to my mentors when I'm doing my interviews, like I did with you. <laughs> it's so weird to have it fall back on me. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so my sport experience is a very interesting one. I, uh, I'm i a small-town girl, so I grew up in Onaway, uh, Alberta. It's about 45 minutes northwest of Edmonton. Um, I was there my entire life. So I was there from kindergarten to grade 12. I uh, didn't move, um, and all, all my sports uh, were done through in the community. So um, I first started with dance. That was my main sport. I did that for six years. And I started when I was like four years old. So uh, I competed in dance up until about grade six. I did everything from jazz, tap, ballet, lyrical, hip hop. I did, and I was going probably like five or six times a week. Um, And at the age of, well, I guess in grade six, grade five, six, I actually had to stop because I was growing too fast. And I ended up getting uh, Osgood-Schlatter's disease, which is uh, it's, it's like the next level of patella tendonitis. is basically your bone separating from the tendon. Um, and so they told me basically I had to peel back on sports. Um, so I took a year off of dance. And this is only when I was in grade five, which is really weird to say out loud in that sense. Um, and then I decided after that, I went back to dance. But then I decided after that that I actually wanted to pursue junior high and school sports. So... Um, I was told by one of my gym teachers in grade seven that I was good at volleyball. So I'm like, okay, I'll try out for the team. So I, in grade eight, I tried out for the team and that was kind of it. So I basically did volleyball, basketball. I did every sport, every season you could think of. So volleyball, basketball, badminton, track, um, soccer in the summer. Um, and I just kept on going that way. Um, and then what had happened was when, you know, when kind of the grade 10, I continued up to grade 12, but when grade 12 hit, um, I never really had, like, I loved the sport itself. I was a really weird kid. I didn't fit in anywhere. Um, and so uh, I didn't really have that friend group that keep me to the sport. I was actually in it legitimately just for the love of the sport. And um, and I, I but it, that kind of hurt me in a sense because I always felt discouraged. So I wasn't, I wasn't, as for me, I just, I, I couldn't feel like I get, to, I could make it to the next level. So I didn't actually end up pursuing sport in university. And that's one thing that if I could dial it back and go, Hey, just try, you never know. That's what I would tell myself is try. You never know if you're going to make it or not. Um, I play, I play volleyball, uh, recreationally during my university time. Um, and then after that, I was like, well, I want to be a better coach than what I had dealt with throughout my, my, uh, athletic career. And so I coach. So I, 
I came back, I went to a university in Windsor, Ontario. I came back and I decided to coach. And so I, I connected with a, a small uh, club, Trier Warriors Volleyball Club. And it was kind of, that was the end of the story. I just started and I, I was there for about seven or eight years. Um, and I, did, I became a head coach through there. I did all my certification through there. And uh, it was, and it's still something I want to continue. I had to stop. Uh, do I have a daughter and a son now? So I had to stop. And of course, that, that commitment's a lot. Uh, but um, but yeah, so now I'm a coach. And then this kind of happened. So I ended up going back to school uh, when I had them. And I ended up going to, uh, to kinesiology, to Purdue kinesiology, because I found that that was my passion. Um, and so this kind of led to this company and kind of where I am today. And hopefully it'll continue to one day become a physical education teacher. So, but we'll see what happens. You answered my question because I was going to ask what, why kinesiology and what were you pursuing at first, but this is a kind of a neat, isn't it neat how we go into school and we start thinking that we're going to do something very specific and then it totally like you discover something. You're like, never mind, this is my calling and this is what I want to do. Um, yeah, we met um, uh, on the board for Girls and Grit, which is a Kidsport Edmonton chapter that we're kind of spinning out and I heard so much about you through... Uh, Dana, who is the Kidsport uh, lead of Edmonton. Is that the right way to say it? Yeah. Executive director. Um, And she was telling me about uh, the research that you were doing. So I was just wondering if you could share to our audience um, some of your key findings that you did in this initial research. Yeah. So the initial findings that we had, um, well, that I guess I had, uh, really, there's actually a lot. I should have pulled that up there, but... Um, my biggest thing we really focused on was, first of all, the definition of sports. So I know that that's kind of really weird, but when I was interviewing people, um, a lot of people didn't, didn't understand what sport actually was and what actually constituted a sport. Um, so we really focused on, I asked a lot of that question and kind of, and it was very, it was varying different degrees of that. And what, what I found during the research, because of that definition, it really directed how, how the individual would then talk about their daughter and how they would, um, how they would, uh, yeah, how the individual would talk about their daughter in the competitive se- sector or what kind of sport they did or what they would consider. So if they considered that competitiveness wasn't as high priority in what they considered a sport was, then say their daughter maybe if were in sports that we would seem that were either non-competitive or wouldn't be considered sport. Um, Can you sh- so what's an example of that? Our- sorry. What, what, would be yeah, sorry exa- what would be an example of a sport that you would consider non- non-competitive? Um, what I got was hiking, kayaking, um, like a climb and a rock climbing can't be competitive, but when they were speaking in that sense, it was not, it was not really a competitive. So that like, or yoga, like there was some people loop yoga into sports as well too. Um, so more of a physical activity in a sense, if you looked at the actual dictionary definition or the textbook definition of sports. So, Mm -hmm. sorry, you were going to keep going on a tangent there before (laughs) I interrupted. Um, and uh, so another thing that we found was that uh, the meaning of being competitive. So that was, again, it came up in my interviews quite a bit where we talked about uh, how, how, why girls, there's maybe a lack of competition in girls when it comes to sports and, and really the, that, that drive to pursue that. And, uh, and not that this question was asked directly consistently because it's really hard to ask a parent hey do you treat your son differently than your daughter <laughs> when it comes to sports yeah. but um but i we fa- i found a trend that you know there was 
even though it wasn't spoken, there was definitely a different. It was like, oh, rugby, oh, maybe you shouldn't try that. That's too, you know, aggressive. Aggress- and that was a big word. I'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, it's too aggressive. Or football, you know, I don't want you, to, you know, being a part of football. Or especially when I interviewed the youth, it was always that, you know, oh, you shouldn't do that. And ironically, this is really random, but my mother-in-law just told me she played rugby. I had no idea. Um, she's a really, really sweet lady, and I never would have expected that. But her mother also said that, you know, it's, it's too aggressive. Right. And so yeah. I, I found that word pop up when it came to what you consider masculine sports mm-hmm. and how that word aggressive was negatively associated with, with women and women's sports, um, you know, and that, that kind of thing. And also that, and that kind of just piled in where it was either they didn't pursue that sport or they might've just dropped that sport completely, or maybe, you know, who knows, maybe not like if I were to look at a different pool, maybe that would have stopped them from getting the sport as well too. So those are the, I guess if I had some three big key findings in my research, there was obviously a lot of little stuff that along the way that I noticed um, when it came to confidence levels, um, why they stayed in sport, um, and what, what drove them, what, 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 uh, I guess how the family sports and what and how what the importance was in their family and how that really affected them the their, their daughters pursuing sport. So it's interesting the aggressive part. I, I just reflecting on my own sport experience <laughs> as well. Just thinking about that. Um, I guess I want to just ask if like why the mentorship piece. And I, I mean, I kind of know the answer, but I'd like you to share with everyone why you thought that the mentorship piece should be built into girls in sports, Alberta and where kind of that idea came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess that was part of my research as well too. So um, I found when I was looking, talking to, to parents and girls is that whenever I asked about role models, uh, a lot of the answer was there's not a lot of female role models out there. There's not a lot of, um, and if there was a female role model, it was generally within their family. It wasn't actually within their, uh, it wasn't outside of their family, which is fine. Like, it's totally fine. But but there was a lack of, of uh, you know, oh, I want to be, you know, instead of, you know, Connor McDavid, I want to be Connor McDavid. Like, girls really don't have that. I want to be fill in name. They can't really fill in that name. Um, so what I wanted to do with, with girls in sports was create a mentorship program that was really easily uh, accessible to the girls and also be able to create a program where one, they can connect with them um, and two, they can create that relationship with them. Because what I found also in my research is that girls like that, like the relationship build, building process and that bond they create with the mentor and mentee. And, um, and so with that, this program allows you to connect really easily and then be able to build that mentor-mentee relationship that girls really desire when it comes to role models and looking up to somebody and somebody guiding them as well, too. So that's what I found in my research, and I really wanted to put that to practice. And I find that a lot of current mentorship programs, it's like, I'll pair you up with somebody, and you have to pre-complete the application process, which are great. These are really great because they're really personable. But if you don't meet the deadline for the application process, then, um, then it's done. Then you have to wait till next year or wait till the next round. And that's it. You know, we got to wait with mine is ongoing. Like you can connect with our mentors anytime. If you have a question and you relate to their story, you can connect with them anytime. And they're not, they're never, they're always going to answer you. It's not like, Oh, I, I'm too busy for you. It's like, I'm here for you. What do you want? What do you need? So. I love that. That's something that so funny. Not, I feel like I'm old now, but like I, I'm 32, you know, and when I grew up uh, coming from a hockey family, 
I wasn't allowed to play hockey because that's what boys played, which is my mom's biggest regret. Honestly, looking back on it, she'll tell you that right to your face. And, um, it's just so interesting. I feel like a lot of times now that that culture and that identification of like having the, the aggressive or like the masculine sports versus, um, the feminine sports has really started to change. It's kind of become like, we're moving towards sport is sport. So I guess my question for you is, do you, do you notice that? Do you notice that, that there's this shift, this paradigm? And then the parents that you're mentoring, are they, um, how old are their kids and, and what is their personal experience with sport? Did you ever ask them that? Oh, oh yeah. When I was doing my, my interview, um, that was another thing is, did you, did you, did you have a sport? And a lot of them, at least a lot of the parents that I interviewed, um, did, did have a sport. Um, some of them said that they dropped out and it was cool because they were so adamant to make sure that their daughter didn't go through that experience. So that was really cool to see, mm-hmm. um, as well. But, uh, in terms of the culture shift, I think it's a really interesting question. Cause I find there's a culture shift in the higher levels. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you and I are talking about it right now, but it really comes down to parenting, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a new parent, you know, I, so I'm not, <laughs> not any way, shape or form. I don't have, I don't have 13 year olds. I don't have a 10 year old. I don't know. Like I haven't uh, gone through those, though, that age just yet. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it's, it's really like a parenting shift. Like when I talk to my daughter, I have to be like, I have a daughter and a son and my son's only four months. But when I talk to my daughter, even at, at age two, two years old, I have to be really, you know, I was careful. It's like, I, not, not so much that like I have to, I want her to try things and have the confidence, even when she's two to be able to do like walk up the stairs easily, you know, be able to do that. And, and, and I, again, like I said, it's just that it's starting from like ground zero as a, as a kid and building that confidence as you go. And it really, really needs that parental involvement and really be able to, that's where that, that big shift needs to happen. And it is slowly happening. It, it truly is. But if we want to see a major shift, that's where really like that needs to start. And that's where like, for example, the confidence kids program that I'm developing, will have a parent component. And I'm actually also working with dream team, dream team performance, where I will also have an educational portion with the parents uh, to make sure that, um, you know, you can bring these confident building techniques to your daughter and be able to, to, to like kind of foster them at home. So that, you know, if you, if you run into a situation where you don't know what you're doing as a parent or don't know how to maybe boost their confidence or whatever it might be, then you have some of these tools and tricks to do that. So that's something that um, I've been, that I've noticed. Again, there's a lot of culture shift up at the top. All our organizations talk about, it's a hot topic right now. Um, but it really, it really starts with our, our, our local sports organizations and even bottom to the part where not bottom, but like the very lowest part where we're talking about the parents, the people getting the, the kids involved and the girls involved. Yeah. I mean, the parent portion is, is so key, but I think it's forgotten about in so many programs. So I, I love to hear that, that that's coming down the works because I do feel like, you know, you get paired, like you said, with either a sport organization, you have someone come talk in or talk or at a school, you know, they have their teacher and maybe a mentor at school, but at the end of the day, they really need that support at home as well to complete the full like community trifecta. And obviously there's many more in there, but to really have like a full support. So I think that's like parents are it's sometimes so underutilized and sometimes they just don't know where to get the resources. I know like, obviously like I was an early specializer in sport and, you know, looking back, my mom's like, well, that probably wasn't the best thing, but I did the best that I could with what I had at the time. And you know, and it's not that she, for lack of a better word, didn't try. She just did what, what 
the sport organization told her was best. And um, it's really interesting now to see all this research coming up as we get older and thinking, reflecting on our sport experiences through our many years. Um, you know, it's, it's great to see the culture shifting and hopefully you're at the forefront of that and leading the charge. And it's research-based. My technical brain loves the research-based. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, my, and I guess my question for you now is you, you kind of got into this because you found yourself in a position as a mentor for, for younger girls, whether it be through your coaching experience. Did you have any certain or stories from like something that stuck out to you that you remember like that, that was the moment where I knew I made a difference? Um, yeah, you know what? I, I like, you're getting, actually I have goosebumps right now. Cause I just remember there's a couple of times where this happened. So I, uh, it, it took me a while. Granted, I was a new coach. So like that, I came into the old school coaching and I was like, this is how it is. And there's no other way. And then I kind of like softened up a little bit. But, um, when I kind of found my, my style of coaching was really comfortable with who I was as a coach, I began to really see an impact on the girls. And, um, I think, I have a bunch of like, I have, I save these. There's messages that girls send me at the end of the girls that like, Hey, you've really made a difference in my life. And, um, and I mean, I've had a bunch over the years and like when I just read them and, and they're, they're really long texts, like they're just something that these girls are like so thankful for. And I just see, see their impact. And I think the biggest I, one, one, well, I guess one season stands out. So we had um, on my last season of coaching before I had my daughter, um, I had this one team and they were all new to volleyball. Like they were new as in the sense they played school sports, but they didn't really actually play a club volleyball level. So I was basically showing them the ropes and like it was starting from ground zero in a sense. So it was a very interesting, uh, interesting time. And um, this team, uh, I really, uh, I really made sure that I was focused on developing, developing them step by step rather than focusing on wins. And, and this team, it was so cool. This team had, we, we didn't have a lot. We, I think we had one win of the season. It was a really, in terms of win and losses, it was, it was pretty brutal, yeah. but it was probably the most developed team I've ever had. And the most, I, I, at least for as a coach, I felt like I had the most impact on that team. Um, it was the closest I felt with, with a team as well too. And in, in terms of the entire team coming together and really supporting each other and not having any clicks or anything like that. Um, and then at the end of the season, like I just like, it was, like you could just see the gratitude. I had a lot of the girls come up and say, Hey, like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in this and I want to stay in this because you're coaching and I want to stay here. But I know I was obviously leaving that next, that next year. So they were, uh, you know, a little sad there, but I, uh, it was, I think that was the most thing that one, I guess it's a collective as a, as a, like an entire team in terms of the small messages, I have them saved on my phone. There's a bunch of them, but whenever I just hear that, Hey, you know, what you did not only in sport but you know you've just made a difference in my comp especially with the confidence level um I, I i love it and i've like i've had a bunch of that where like i didn't have that person to grow my confidence and the fact that i was able to do that for for girls was amazing and actually you know what now that i talk about it, there is one instance that stood stood out um i had a, a parent um i i was doing private lessons for one girl and she was on my team the previous year and this parent her parent uh, they, they, they want to do this, this specifically for a tryout for school. And I'm like, okay. So then I find out that this girl didn't may unfortunately make the, make the cut of the school. And this parent emails me and he's like, do you have time to talk? And I was freaking out. I'm like, Oh my God, like, what did I, like, I shouldn't make the team. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm going to get ripped into him. I was so scared. Um, and, uh, 
And so I call her. I, I knew her from last season. She was really, she's such a sweet lady. And she's like, I don't know what to do. My daughter doesn't want to play volleyball anymore. And I know the sport's important to her. Can you help me? And I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, I have like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm not a parent. I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I've, I've been through this myself as a teenager, but not really like, you know, given advice in the, in that sense, like a parent trusting me to their daughter. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll see what I can do. So I ended up, um, I, I just sent her a simple text. Really, I, I said, if you want to call me, call me. But I just sent her a simple text, and it was just like, "Hey, you're great. Like, you're going to be on my team next year, and you know, we can we can help you, and you're still a good player." And 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 when that happened, when I did that, she just sent a simple text back saying, "Thank you so much. I really appreciate it." And what warmed my heart after that is she was she came back and signed for my team, and I was like that next year, and I was just like, "Yes, that's like if." that was just I just made that's made me smile so much because I'm like man this parent entrusted me as a coach to make a difference in their daughter's life and I that was like a lot of pressure but it but it was so worth it and it was just it was just I felt so good and there's again there's a whole bunch of other instances that happened but that one really stood out because I really felt like I had this daughter's decision in my hand and I'm like oh my gosh if I mess up this time this parent like I don't want to I don't want to disappoint the parent because they they trust me with their daughter so Well, and I think that's a really important lesson too. And thank you for sharing that story is that, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about whether or not the performance was there. It's not about making the team. It's in, it's, it, but what we're really trying to do through this is just keep them involved in sport because we know then, and the research, I'm sure you, you can tell us more about it, but like, um, we'll send people to your website after, um, just how important it is to just stay involved and it just the, the lifestyle that you'll develop, the the habits that, and even the relationships that you'll build, those are all things that could lead to something else. And, you know, we're not saying that everybody has to be the star volleyball player of every team they're ever on, but what we're asking is that they try and stay involved. And, you know, if at a very basic level, it will keep you out of trouble and all the way up to, you never know what kind of opportunities you might get out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will say that definitely um, growing up as what I say, a mediocre figure skater that I enjoyed all the benefits of, you know, meeting some of my friends and the value of perseverance and goal setting and all that. And then I decided to try this crazy sport of skeleton and it all served me well in my second career, but it serves me outside of sport. And I know we'll all say the same that um, those those character habits that we build in sport are so important to all of life outside of sport. So I want to know how we can help to our listeners, how we can help girls in sport, Alberta grow and any calls to action you have with it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's, there's, since my, my program, my, what I do is program integration and what, and I have resources for, for people. Um, it's really about getting the word out there and what we offer and the value of it. I find sometimes that, um, well, I mean, COVID, COVID doesn't help when you have a stop, start, stop, start. So granted, I understand that right now, but you know, I, I want clubs and even organizations to really take, you know, girls participating in sports seriously. And I know that conversation's changing, but being able to uh, look at my program, see what I have to offer, know that I'm here for the girls, know that I have the expertise. And if I, do, if I'm not the expert in the field, I'm going to get you the expert in the field. That's one thing that I, I pride myself with girls in sports is I make sure that you have proper connections with the proper people. 
um, whether it, within sports. So if I can't offer the service, I'm going to make sure you get the service as well too. And that's part of what I do with consulting is, uh, is making sure that we bring in partners, the right fit for you to make sure that your program, uh, your program works. And also the mentorship program, the mentorship program, I'm really pushing to get integrated within the clubs and get, and getting my mentors, um, if within to, to develop relationship within clubs so we can we can get you we get mentors to have one session a month uh with with the club and with each team doesn't matter how many teams um and we can uh basically develop that and develop that relationship that mentor mentee bond it, it'll, it is virtual but if, if the mentor is local to the area we can definitely get the mentor out to once COVID restrictions lift uh, out to the teams to really connect with the girls. But that's one thing I'm really pushing that mentorship and role model. The role models are so important. We don't get enough exposure with women. And this is the chance to get that exposure uh, for, for female athletes um, and with girls. And so, and then finally um, my next action plan is really is finding sponsorship as well too. I'm looking to, uh, build the educational modules and programs, and I really want to be able to bring in the community, especially the corporate community, because building into our girls now and giving the confidence tools now means that they're going to be the next, you know, business executive, next CEO, next entrepreneur, because those skills are so transferable. I look at all my mentors that I have right now, yourself included, Grace. You have skills that that business people, like business executives, have. You have skills that entrepreneurs have, and 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 I want I want to make a call to corporations and say support this and 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 you know help fund this because this is going to really help your workplace. It's not immediate, but it's going to help your workplace. It's going to help build that diversity and build up strong leaders and strong women leaders as well too. So that's really kind of um, what I'm looking for. I'm looking to get out there, get in contact with clubs, get in contact with corporations, and really just become uh, become that contact here in Alberta to help. programs increased girls uh participation sport what's the stat i think it's 94 percent of women in executive roles have a sport background it's that yeah here in canada it's 94 94 percent okay i got that right which is it just speaks volumes um the last thing i have on my list that i want to talk about is just because we've talked about it so much um confidence and we've used that word so when you use it i guess what the definition of it um are you using it more in the way that you're talking about like a girl's confidence in her ability to play sport or does it, how, how wide does that word branch into a a child's lifestyle? For sure. So confidence really about, um, the confidence you have in your current ability, because it's, it's not fair to have confidence and ability that you don't have, right? Maybe confidence to get to that ability, but being able to say, Hey, I, I know what I can do now and I know I can get better. And, and that's, and that those are the kind of two mainstreams that I, I want to, that I'm focusing on, um, with my, with the current team I'm consulting with. And, and also with the, the, these other educational programs I'm developing is like being confident in what, who you, in, in the ability and understanding your abilities. Cause sometimes that perceived, uh, the perceived abilities or perceived competencies versus what you can actually do. Um, it's either too great and you, and you think you can do something, but you really can't, or there, it's not enough. Like you think that, no, I can't do it, but you actually can do it. Um, and so it's being able to kind of find that, that, that level of, Hey, I know what I can do and here's, here's where I'm at. And now here's the steps to get to where I want to be. And how do I do that? And that's kind of really encompasses what confidence really means to, 
to what I'm doing and what I want to instill in girls. Thank you for that clarification. (laughs) (laughs) Grace, do you have anything else for Dia? No. um, I just want to know where where our listeners can find you, so your website, and um, so that they can bring all their wonderful leads, as you mentioned, in your calls to action. Yes. Um, so it's just girlsinsportab.ca. Um, and uh, I'm also on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on LinkedIn uh, as well. So, and if you go to girlsinsportab, uh, there's no S in that. So girlsinsportab.ca, uh, that if you go right to that website, it'll have all my programs on there. All my mentor, the mentorship program will be on there as well, too. And the links to my social media sites as well, too, are on there. Um, you can also email me at girlsinsportab at gmail.com as well, too. So, Yeah, go check it out. It's an awesome website. It's got lots of great resources. And it, it does showcase the company quite well. And, I mean, you might see a familiar face, a.k.a. me, <laughs> on there as well as a mentor if you're interested in having me talk to you or the whole suite of amazing mentors you've recruited um, yeah, check it out. Uh, Dia, I'm looking forward to our connections through kids sport and keep growing girls and grit and some of the, we've just putting out a, uh, we're actually doing some more research. We're putting out a survey soon. That's going to see how we can better address their, our community in Edmonton, uh, and, and get more girls involved in sport, especially after COVID and when things open back up and, and uh, I'm looking forward to the day that that Girls in Sport AB grows to CA and then hopefully just Girls in Sport all over the world because this is such a, a cause I'm, I'm personally passionate about and I'm so glad that there's someone out there that feels this way and can you're leading the charge for the rest of us. Thank you for what you do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Actually, there is one more thing if I could say something. Oh, please something. do, yeah. Uh, yeah, there, I just one thing is there's a lot of good organizations out there advocating for women or girls in sports. And I think what what this community in this sense is missing is really working together uh, and making those connections so we know what's out there and we can work together instead of having competing programs as well, too, um, and being able to, to play on our strengths. So there's a lot of great, great uh, women in sport and girls in sports organizations, even Canadian uh, women in sport uh, there's She's for Sport. There is Run, Jump, Lead in Calgary. I think I got that right. Um, and it's about really like um, making sure that we play off of strengths and building that community. So I just wanted to put that out there. It's like a kind of a call to to work together um, as as our, as these organizations start to grow and, and want girls to participate. Just just being able to, you know, play off our strengths, connect and make sure that community's there. So collaboration, not competition. Exactly. I like it. Awesome. All right, Dia, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Face First Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.